chaos is everywhere. Hey, buddy. Yo. How's it going? Uh, it's going. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, yeah. well, everybody else, welcome to Chaos Final Frontier. I am your host, the only Starfleet captain never to kill a Romulan, um, Jonathan Gilchrist. And that guy over there, the only man ever to sleep with a Romulan, well, sleep, uh, Mr. Artie Vice. I'm dogging it, Pat. I'm dogging it. Uh, that's a reference to Wednesday show. And today we're going to be watching Star Trek Voyager season two, episode one. And I did do some research for this episode, but I did that a couple days ago. I've forgotten and I don't have my computer. So we're just going to dog it as it were. Ah, so, yeah. Anyway. So are you all set to go? Nope. Yeah. Okay. Um, the episode's called the 37s. If you can't find it from just season two, episode I, I one. Said, yeah, no, I'm ready. Not you, them. I don't Listen, care if you're ready. I don't care if you care. All right, we're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. Devil log. <laughs> right, I guess in this case it'd be like, Captain's log. No, it's like rust. Rust, rust, baby, if you will. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> oh. How did there get rust in space when there's no oxygen in space? Yeah, about that. I mean, I've never been to space. (laughs) Maybe there is oxygen in space. Everyone knows plot. Oh, that's a good point. So, yeah, I think I mentioned this. Um, this episode was supposed to be the end of season one, and it was going to be like a two-parter. They were going to really expand out the premise. Uh, I forget the reason why, but the Paramount basically said no, and that's why it's that weird episode that we watched where it's the cadets, and it doesn't really feel like the end of a season, yeah. but it is. I don't know. I totally thought it felt like the end of a season. I mean, it felt like a you know same kind of cliffhanger as you know all the other seasons we watched of Deep Space Nine at this point. Absolutely. Also, this is Star Trek. <laughs> I think you're done now. Okay. And I would tell you the date, but again, I've, I've forgotten everything. So sometime in the year 1995. Good job. I am like woefully unprepared for this. Even no, you're though on I knew today. we were doing it. Uh, you have plenty of time, too. Crazy. Yeah, no. Almost like yeah. you suck. 
Yeah, DJ Madman left at like one o'clock this afternoon, so I had plenty of time to, you know, research this episode and get ready. I just chose not to. <laughs> it's almost like you're a horrible, horrible, horrible person. I mean, that's fair. Uh, but. And off they go into warp. Yes, into warp. That's what I said. Up a Klingon's asshole. I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I've been there. I'd only I'd have two nickels, but it's weird that it's happened twice, right? It's weird that it's only happened twice. Uh so this is where we get like some character development for um, Tom Paris. He's their resident 20th century expert. There's been no buildup to this, by the way. It's just, oh, we found this truck and somebody has to know stuff about the truck. Is this an early hover car? Shut up, Harry Wang. Jesus Christ, Harry. It was only 200 years ago. Uh, 300? I'm not going to do the math. I don't believe in math. It's really weird, though, that we found this truck from Earth uh, on the other side of the galaxy, right, guys? We're call it a strange quinky dink. I mean, we're not going to bring that up right now. We'll wait. Also, why they chose to start the vehicle doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Like, what does that tell you about how it got there? Everything. Harry, can you wang this up for me real quick? There's something called a key. It's a ghost. Tuvok's about to blow up the truck. Oh, he's crazy. Yeah, that's fair. What does this gauge mean? Well, when it's on E, it means engorged with gas. Yes. It's crazy, though. When it says, when it's at the F, it just means fucked. (laughs) I don't don't know how it worked that way, but they were very vulgar back then. Not like, not sophisticated like we are now. We should all have sex, by the way. They keep turning the dial and they start hearing Rush Limbaugh. Man, that guy's reruns are everywhere. <laughs> so yeah, they found the truck and they turned on the radio and they heard a, a uh, Morse code SOS. At least I think it was Morse code. 
And the reason they couldn't pick that up before is because they don't have time to be scanning AM and FM, you know, frequencies with their fancy computer. Yeah, no. Only stupid people use AM and FM. Checks out. That's fair. I don't know what class L actually is supposed to mean. Because there's um we haven't seen it a lot, but there's like a, a alphabetical planet thing. M is like Earth, which is the best for you know human life. Mm-hmm. L they can live on, but I don't know like what makes the difference. Maybe uh, they just prefer to occasionally throw in an L, so it's like not everything's like a perfect you know Earth comparison. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. There's an episode where Odo and Quark end up on a planet that's like they can live on it, but it's very inhospitable. But I think that's a class L, but like there's they go like, Yeah, it's class L, but like barely. <laughs> Not to spoil a future episode. It's a fun episode though, good buddy episode for Odo and Quark. Mr. Paris, prepare to dive. Well, it's much like landing a submarine on the bottom of the ocean. I watched um, Down Periscope this weekend, so it's fresh in my brain. Ah, yes, Down Periscope. Not to be confused with Up Terrorscope. That's a horror movie from the 70s. Yep. So, without telling you exactly how I think the whole reason that they did this is because they had to spend money on the graphics for landing Voyager for the finale of this season. So they, I think they probably thought, Hey, how can we use this again? So we can just, you know, make money off of it. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Cause yeah, Voyager lands on a planet several times and it's always the same animation, just different background basically. Yeah. I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? Yeah, it's actually a nice callback to the original Star Trek um, because uh, transporters in Star Trek only exist because in the original series, they didn't have the money to show them landing on new planets every week. So they came up with a transporter that just instantly transports them to where they need them to be. Mm. Big Rock. Those look like really tiny legs for such a big ship. And the fact that there's only two of them, I feel like there should be at least four. Yeah. No, 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 it's fine. And we're down and no one's dead. This might be a first for us, Captain. Oh, no, no. Jimmy just had a had a heart attack. Never mind. Somebody should have told party. Jimmy that we were landing. Damn it. <laughs> he got very nervous and he peed himself and it was the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Also, like this, um, without telling you the whole thing, there in this episode they talk about a lot of cities that are all like really beautiful and awesome. We we basically see this valley the whole time. It's yeah. one of those episodes where, like, oh my god, can you believe what we're seeing? Colors that I've never seen before and can never describe are happening right there. My god. Oh my god, it's some sort of aeroplane. My god. Uh, definitely something Tuvok should shoot with a phaser. Oh, absolutely. You can't trust that thing. Maybe this is where the Bermuda Triangle sends everything. You're not far off, honestly. Yeah, no, I figured I wasn't. <laughs> Take that, regular science, conspiracy theory one, regular science a million. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. And boom goes my penis. It's impressive that whoever was like new to set up the aircraft could even hook it up to a weird alien power source. Right. Let's find out what the hell's going on. Uh oh. Locals. I hate locals. Ensign Ricky, you're replaceable. Go first. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's clearly in your Starfleet contract. Oh my god, it's some sort of sex dungeon. Woo! I mean, my god. Woo! <laughs> Kill the intruders. Death by Snoo Snoo. I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> <laughs> he's not human, he's Japanese. Whoa now. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe not. Obviously, you're joking, but still, maybe not. <laughs> too far. I went too far. Yeah. Okay. Well, sometimes you got to cross the line to find it. Oh. Uh, Hey, look, a woman. I'm sure she's not important. Amelia Earhart, I bet. What? Why would you even think such a thing that's completely correct? She's like, yeah, boom. <laughs> I didn't even see the name tag. I just figured... Well, I just kind of figured, you know, like, 
She's like the first. She's like the first name you think of when it comes to like female lost. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, everybody wondered what happened to her. She just happened to go on an alien excursion. Wow, you like they don't teach you any goddamn history at the academy. I think there's some like backstory that like the World War Three wiped out a lot of records, so that's why even though they're all about like education and learning, they mm-hmm. don't have good grasp on our history. But still, if no, Janeway has, <laughs> if Janeway has the information, it means it's out there somewhere. And Harry's yeah. just like, well, fuck history. Also, it is uh, interesting that Star Trek seems to constantly have to deal with the 20th century when it comes to history, but there's never a moment where they have to be an expert on, like, the 22nd century or something. Yeah, right? It's always stuff that's already happened. It's never like, oh, yeah, this is definitely what happened in the future. Yeah, the only episode I can think of um, in Next Generation, like, the very first episode, uh, Q shows up and get, like puts them in a court from like the 22nd century and it's like all barbaric and shit. That's like the only time yeah. anything that's not our current, you know, f- you know, self really happens. It's pretty crazy too. Cause you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is a show like they can make their version of the future, whatever they want. Yeah. You know, which I mean, they kind yeah. of already have. They do like, yeah, they, they did that those two part we watched in Deep Space exactly. Nine where it was the near future, but still, it's not something they do a lot of. Usually, it's stuff you already know. Right. You'd think they'd be more willing to do it more often. You know what I mean? Wait till we get to the two parter where they go back to the year nineteen ninety six. Oh, it was a fun time. But uh, obviously, the the big question is: Wait, if they got to Earth, maybe there's a way we can get to Earth with whatever they use. Right. She could be made to look human easily enough. We'll just chop off Cass's ears. Yeah. Okay, everybody. I have no idea what, what I'm doing. So here we go. I will say this is just me complaining about the plot a little bit. Um, They never really explain why humans particularly were taken by the aliens. Like Mm. I think they say at some point they're used as like a workforce, but it's like, wouldn't it be just more convenient to take one of the many different species nearby that are, you know, basically human. Yeah. Instead of going across the galaxy to kidnap random people from the 30s. (laughs) 
she just wakes up screaming, we're going to hit the ocean. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, not again. Wait, what? Where am I? I don't think I'm in Kansas anymore. <clears throat> you guys won't get that reference because it's in the 20th century and you only know random stuff about the 20th century. <laughs> You're all speaking Japanese. You're really speaking Japanese. I really think so. God. Anyone? I hate you. <laughs> I hate you so much. I really do. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought it was a fun way to bring up a song about masturbation, as I'd want to do. Yeah, Fred, why don't you shut the fuck up for five seconds and let a woman talk? Fucking Fred. Teach so much, Fred. God damn it, Fred. By the way, I love how, like, skeptical they all are. We're clearly in a chamber full of technology that's so far beyond the 1930s, it's ridiculous. And, like, I think you might be just making shit up here. (laughs) Uh, suddenly there was this light and it started to tingle all over (laughs) so there's no way to know this because well I won't we'll get more into it but I'm guessing if these are the same aliens that were have been abducting people that we hear all the stories about this would have to be the planet of like the little gray aliens that you think of. Yeah. Yeah, and then they threw your piece of shit forward out in the space like after they took <laughs> it halfway across the galaxy. Haha. <laughs> I'm an American, so of course I have a gun and I'm ready to shoot somebody. Of course. It's a medical device. Plus, you can play pawn on it. Right. I had that. I was having a conversation with our good friend DJ Manman the other day about that. How the one thing that sci-fi never seems to get right is that um, technology in sci-fi never does more than one thing. Like, you can really see it in Star Trek when it comes to, like, their pads that are, like, one one book is on a pad. Yeah. Uh, they, they never had the thought of what we were going to do where we just have, like, a phone, a calculator, just fucking everything on one device. I don't know why no one ever thought of it like that. 
No, it's fair. We're being held by gunpoint. I suggest you beam him into space. Oh, wait, they can't because they're shielding on the thing. Hmm. My compass doesn't work. Would a compass work on any planet? Would it just point to whatever the north is on the planet as long as it has a magnetic field? Uh, I mean, I would imagine. I think that's how that works. I think so. Oh, she's an Ocampa. She, we buy her. She belongs to us as a property. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a deep cut for Chris Farley fans right there. That's enough. Do you really expect us to believe that humans are going to colonize? They're going to spread out to the stars like they've done everything else? Impossible, I say. In goddamn possible. <laughs> Tuvok is going balls to the wall, by the way, with one guy with one gun. <laughs> You're going to shoot to kill. Vaporize only. Oh, good. A man with a gun drinking. That's 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 a good place to go. Just a little pick-me-up. You know how I like it. You know, I like to, picking me up and all. I like to Irish up my hostage situations. <laughs> oh, that was not me making another racist, racist joke. That was literally just me thinking Irish up your coffee. That, which is racist in itself, but that's me just using oh, a phrase. Not to get specific, but it's technically not racist. It's more like culturalist than anything. Cultural, yeah. Because Irish isn't a race, it's, it's a culture. Fair, fair. I apologize to all Irish people. Hi, you better. You mean a woman could be a captain in your time? Preposterous. Why the hell wouldn't that be possible? Right. Like, she's right, too. She just mentioned H.G. Wells. They have sci-fi in the 1930s. Like, they had the concept of it being possible. It's just they hadn't done it yet. Yeah. And of all the people I could think of in history, I would assume somebody like Amelia Earhart would be the kind of on the end of like, oh, maybe. I mean, I would, but I'm a sci-fi nerd. Yeah, you're a nerd. I wake up and like, oh, thank God. Oh, I didn't want to have to live through that era again. <laughs> no, guys, it's okay. I really think this is for the best. No, seriously. There's all sorts of shit happened. You didn't even get to World War Seven. Fuck. (laughs) 
yeah, maybe not in 1937, but pretty easy to look it up now. I just had to use my library card. What are you going to do? Put them in there and just start mashing buttons and hope they fall asleep? Yeah. Oh, okay. That seems like going to work. Yeah, what's the harm? Okay, let's all go to the surface. Single file, if you please. Woo! Do you think, like, when they finally see the spaceship, they're just going to all shit their pants? Literally. Like, oh, my God. Oh, I've lost control of my bowels. What if I didn't expect that. Some Tuscan Raiders on the track. That's what it looks like. To again call back to an episode that's airing two days after this episode will air. <laughs> We're pinned down by smoke grenades, Captain. Tuvok, aren't you supposed to be the tactical officer? Why did you not take the high ground? Oh, thank God, they shot Fred. Fred! No! We've all grown to love Fred so much. Fred! No! <laughs> I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna, like, um, second-guess Janeway here, but they're they're out of the cave, so their comms are working again. Nope. They could probably just ask Voyager to beam them to the ship. Beam me, Scotty. Beam me hard. Scotty beamed me twice last night. It was wonderful. Okay, they, they are going to try and beam, maybe. <laughs> Drop it. Now let me see your alien bastard face. Slowly, I will kill you. <laughs> I wasn't very slow. No, it was very quick, actually. Oh my god! They look like us! Good thing you were in another species. This is my colleague, Karen Watsapato. 
Like they give them very earth names because of where they come from. Yeah. But at the same time, you'd think after a few hundred years of being their own planet, they would have like evolved in what their names were. Oh my god, it's all over for me. Just give me a shot of whiskey, Doc. I'm gonna die. But before I do, I just want you to know it was I that farted when we were halfway over the Pacific. I know. There there was only two of us in the cockpit. I don't even know why you tried to blame it on me. But I just wanted you to know before I go. I'm so sorry. Seriously, like like I told you I knew. I, why are you talking about this now? I'm so sorry. <laughs> They're having such a moment, and you know because of the, the medicine, it's going to be like unnecessary completely. Right. <laughs> like as they as they're talking, the doctor's still explaining. Oh, okay, this is working. Like they're just not listening to him say, "Oh, yeah, that that's got it." Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Quick, let's find a room and bang. All that stuff I said, I was just about to die. Um, I like you as a friend, you see. And, yeah, uh, right. <laughs> Tell me more yeah, about these. Funny. 37. I'm just reading this to try and remember like the like the backstory they give it to see if it makes sense. Yeah, like it doesn't make any sense they went across the galaxy to get slave labor. Yeah. But the basic idea is that some of the Slaves um, revolted, drove away the aliens, and took over their planet. So it's a human civilization on the planet now. But yeah, it definitely still, that's the only sticking point. Like, what the hell were 1937 humans good for that you couldn't have just got from another species nearby? Maybe going that far out just meant there was no reprisal possible? Mm. That's all I can think of. Yeah. Our brave ancestors who fought so hard and killed so many alien babies. I'm sorry, once we took over the planet, we smashed everything that they had with a rock. Right. Also, there were detailed records on how to build the uh, type of engine they used, but we felt those were blasphemous and burned them. (laughs) 
we leave yeah we live in three beautiful cities they're literally right over that ridge if we just look out this window we're not going to do that right now we, we're having a conversation <laughs> this is the only time that um warp is explained in like our um like uh metric so he just said that warp 9.9 the fast the ship can go is 400 billion miles a second. Woo! So, that's pretty fast. Yeah. You're 37. Well, you're a douchebag. Are you Emilio Estevez? <laughs> I was all like Emilio and he was all like Emilio <laughs> I feel like if this episode was on the Orville like somebody would be like you mean Emilio Estevez the Mighty Duck guy <laughs> so if it was a two-parter we would have got to see the city and everything um, but the basic idea is the same is that like they found this planet that's like basically earth out in the Delta quadrant. There's humans there. Uh, do they continue on their journey or do they stay where they are? And uh, they're going to, cause it's all one episode. They're going to resolve it pretty quickly, but you could see how you could really pull that out into a bigger arc for mm-hmm. the end of the season, sort of wrap a lot of stuff up in it. But instead we got a training montage. We're going to need a montage. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the humans on this planet have evolved just like the humans on Earth because eventually we get it right, apparently. It doesn't matter what planet we're on. That's a nice thought that I don't believe. Right. There's so many people here to bang. What would Starfleet do? No, like stay there. What what the fuck are you doing? It's stupid to keep flying back here. I wonder, like, they they never that's one of the problems with Voyager, because like it's kind of one off planets, yeah. even this one. I wonder if like in the lore of Star Trek, if this planet at some point becomes a part of the Federation. Because like the Federation keeps expanding, but it, at a certain point it does collapse. But I mean, it keeps expanding for a while. Maybe eventually they get out that far into the Delta Quadrant. Maybe. I don't know. No one's ever thought to go back to this planet specifically to find out. Ah, yes, the Gulf of Mexico. One of my top five favorite gulfs. Well, then the rest of you are going to run around and look pretty stupid trying to fly the ship. Oh, snap, crackle, pop. Pop up. 
Oh, you're going to give them a choice this time instead of unilaterally like blowing up with some sort of array, maybe they could have got you home. <laughs> Fools. Also, that would have been poetic for the end of season one because, you know, that's how we started season one. I've researched some 20th century food. This is what I call a meat loaf. Actually, it is a pot roast, so it's pretty close. <laughs> like, I understand that concept of trying to like do what you did before. But you're from the 1930s. You know how long it'll take you to learn how they farm? Yeah. <laughs> and even once you do, it'll probably be really boring because the amount of work you have to do would be a lot less. Is there a Japanese town? Like, like the way he's, like, obviously his point of view but is there seriously like just a section where all the Japanese people live on this planet for some reason see I'm not what you would call a human at least not many there might be a few <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. I don't think you understand. I've already struck out with every female on this crew. <laughs> Some of them twice. <laughs> like, you understand? You broke my jaw that one time. <laughs> I need a different strange. <laughs> By the way, thank you for that. It was the best birthday of my life. But still... <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be very Starfleet if um, people stayed. That's the whole point of Starfleet. And that's part of what yeah. this episode does is kind of knit that last like, oh, yeah, we're all Starfleet now. We're all exploring idiots that'll continue to just run, randomly run into danger. I really want to take you back and put you in a museum, but okay. <laughs> that would have been a really weird addition to the cast of Voyager Just and Amelia Earhart. Yeah, I like I'm not I don't hate this episode, but the, the logistics annoy me. Like UK you brought three hundred people here for some reason from the other side of the galaxy, but you put them in stasis and then just left them there. Yeah. Uh, you know, 
maybe I don't know. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I don't think they thought it all the way through because they didn't have to. That maybe they were going to unstasify Amelia Earhart, but that the uprising happened, so that's why they were left in stasis. Because like the other humans said that they basically left it on purpose as like a shrine to their ancestors, so right. maybe they they were just happened to be asleep when the revolution happened. I love quantum mechanics. He's a good man, that guy that we've never talked to or seen before. Right. Let's see how many people are in the cargo bay going to stay on this planet. Oh, snap. <laughs> I love you. I always have. That's not really important to what we're doing here. but I know. In my head canon, there's like one guy that shows up like five seconds later, like, oh god, sorry, I'm late. Whew, I really want to not be here anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh god. That would certainly be something. <laughs> it could even be one of the crew that like Tuvok was training that just didn't want to do it. Like, uh, whatever his name was, the Bolian. Chell. That's, yeah. Okay, let's go home. I mean, I could, there's a lot in this episode that I would love to expand on. Like, did they give the other humans, because they are their same species, did they, like, give them their entire, like, library? Did they catch them up on Earth history? Like, so that they are more connected in, you know, culture to where they came from? Doubt it. And I just feel like there's like a whole like bunch of stuff you could do with just this planet, and we're just gonna forget about it and never talk about it again. Damn Skippy. Oh my god, it really is a spaceship. A ship of space, if you will. All right, that's the start of uh, season two of Voyager. Woo! Woo! So yeah. Just curious, what do you think of the episode overall, and what do you think of it as like the way to start the season or end the season? It's a very weird way to start the season. It didn't feel like a, I don't know, it because it felt, it felt like a filler episode. Mm-hmm. That just so happened to be the first episode of the season. Yeah. So it felt very. It was a fine episode if it was in the middle of the season, but for it being the first episode, it was very underwhelming. And I feel like if they had done their original plan where and it was like a two-parter and they really built up the drama of people staying, it makes a lot more sense concluding yeah. the first season. But you're right. When you just make it one episode at the beginning of the second, it's kind of weird. Yeah, absolutely. All righty. Oh, my God. that's That can't be the episode we're on. I'm looking up the next episode, Deep Space Nine. Oh, boy. I'm going to be crying next week. Oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, all right. So this Wednesday, we've already recorded. It was a good episode, uh, Heavyweights uh, from 1995. I mean, we did a good thing by letting DJ Madman experience the pure joy that is Heavyweights. Oh, absolutely. So, and I may or may not have referenced the Holocaust on several occasions. So check it, it out. It is uh, possible. Uh, let's see. Next week will be uh, chaos at ringside. You know, just AEW breakdown and such. Getting ready for the next uh, ROH pay per view. Um, also talking about, I guess there's a new, no, not a new stable forming. But did you hear that Jonathan Grisham has joined a stable? No. Yeah, I like I haven't watched Rampage yet, but. Um, Jonathan Grisham, I guess, joined Tully Blanchard's stable. Really? Yeah. He seems really out of place there. Yeah, uh, we'll have to see what it does. But if I'm reading the stuff on, you know, social media, right, that's what happened. So. Huh. Yep. Don't uh, know how I feel about that. I, I guess we'll have to wait and see. After we'll both have to sit down and watch Rampage so we can see what actually happened. Um, but yeah, and then on Monday is the next episode of Deep Space Nine, which is season four, episode three, because the first episode is actually one and two. Um, and it's called The Visitor. Uh, this episode, when I say I'm gonna cry, legitimately, when I'm just watching the episodes through, almost makes me cry every time. It's such a good episode, and it's so well acted, and the story's so good that it's one of my favorites. Um, so I will try not to get teary-eyed on the episode when we're recording because I try to make this fun, but it's that kind of level of like, oh, that was really good. So, yeah. Try to be a little bitch. I, I'm assuming you won't cry because, you know, you don't have a soul, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. You have a soul. You're not a ginger. Um, um, I'm not, but I really don't have a soul. <laughs> so it's good. Or, yeah, I mean, whatever. All right. So thanks to Eric <laughs> Bowman for the theme song. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Chaos Pacho. Follow me at Last Gilchrist One. Follow me on TikTok at Last Gilchrist. Uh, you can write the show, any questions, concerns, comments, you know. Or if you have a suggestion, we're still waiting on the first five people to suggest something, and we will do it. Uh, you can write there, and we will do it. Um, but, yeah, have a good week, everybody, and we will see you soon. Do this.